Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, the podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My co-host today is Nathan. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me aboard. Today's topic, The Legend of Zorro. Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta-Jones reprise their roles as the titular hero and his spouse, Elena. And Rufus Sewell stars as the villain, Count Armand. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers. Did you purposely attend, intend to say titular? <laughs> He's what he is. I could have just said Zorro again. True. Oh, come on, Catherine Zeta-Jones. <laughs> that is not why I did that. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Catherine Zeta-Jones, on that, this is the third movie we've reviewed. First one being the Billy Zane movie, The Phantom. The second being The Mask of Zorro. We've covered that on the podcast already. And yes, this is the third. And I've got to say, if you've not heard that episode, for me, The Mask of Zorro, and I believe my co-host on that show, Jay, gave it five out of five. Well, there you go. So that's where I'm coming from with Zorro. I've got to be honest, outside of these movies, I've not watched a lot of Zorro. I've not read a lot of Zorro in the comics, but what about you? Yeah, I was going to say, let's get into it. Um, Zorro, I think, to me personally, he's... It's one of those characters that is ingrained in your psyche as a young young kid from a pretty early uh, age, like pretty early on, because you just, even though if you weren't immediately introduced to him, you have some kind of awareness of him. You know, he's a masked crime fighter, you know, sword swashing, swashbuckling guy, mask, uh, sword, hat, cape. And what part of that doesn't appeal to you as a, as a little kid? You know, like it's dashing kind of swashbuckling stuff and uh he's a pop cultural icon so i think he 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 sort of appeals earlier on in the piece and even if you don't know a lot about him you're certainly aware of him he sort of pops up somehow in pop culture he manages to find his way to you we're big fans of batman on the podcast and little bruce wayne before heading down crime alley with his parents He's just been to watch Zorro. Yes, exactly right. And I'm glad you brought that Batman up because that was a off-air. I wanted to tell you that that, that was going to be a huge talking point. The big talking point I really wanted to bring up this episode was the correlations and the distinctions we can make between Zorro and Batman because there are many. Oh, well, there you go. He just came up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this movie had a budget of $75 million. Mm-hmm. The box office, $142.4 million. Uh, I, I asked you about that off-air. You did, and that's why I thought I'd get to that early. So it made more than made back its bank. Well, yeah, I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't say that is a huge, it's not a hit. Mm. The first movie did a lot better at the box office, but it didn't lose money, but, you know, the studio would have certainly counted on more of a return. they would have liked to have seen a bit more return. But, I mean, upon watching it last night in my prep for today's episode, um... It just struck me that it has that big Hollywood blockbuster vibe to it, like a lot of big fancy shots and explosions and stuff. So. And it's it's a Western. Like, think back to Spaghetti Westerns. Yeah, it is. Like, you know, the time where pretty much every movie was a Western. Yeah. Or for the most part. Yeah. They, Sergio Leone and all that shit. They typically weren't too expensive to make. No. So $70 is a lot of money to, to throw at a movie to blow shit up. But then they're going to throw money at it because they'd had a successful movie. Yeah. In The Mask of Zorro. Absolutely. This movie came out 2005, another Batman connection, the same year as mm, Batman Begins. Another one. The Legend of Zorro currently holds a rating of 26% on Rotten Tomatoes, 
with his consensus stating Zorro can survive a lot of things, but it looks like he can't survive marriage. <laughs> or divorce. That's that's pretty low. You know, that's a low we know blow. how Rotten Tomatoes works. It's not one person. Multiple reviews, a percentage. Mm. I think that is very low. Mm. It's a low blow. It's not that first movie. It yeah. really isn't. It's great seeing the stars return. Yeah. But it, it is not that first movie. Yeah. So the plot for this movie, despite trying to keep his swashbuckling to a minimum, a threat to California's pending statehood causes the adventure-loving Don Alexandro de la Vega and his wife Elena to take action. So we start in an interesting place. They're mm. no longer together. They right. have a son in Joaquin. And over the course of the movie, we find out what went wrong in their marriage, if anything, because she was undercover yeah, all she, along. Yeah, she was an undercover cop, and it took me a while to clue onto that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm stupid or whether it's just, you know, like it took me it, it took me a while to... Even my, even my girlfriend watching it with me was like, come on, dude, like, when, when, how did you not know that? How did you not see that? Well, like Zeta Jones and Banderas, Martin Campbell is back directing this movie. Mm. So this is a guy that has directed two Zorro movies, He's directed two James Bond movies, two fantastic ones, by the way, GoldenEye and Casino Royale, the first one with Daniel Craig. Mm. Well, and he also he's directed a... a Green Lantern movie starring Ryan Reynolds, Wee. the same person. <laughs> he's a franchise guy. <laughs> yes. Um, he He's good. Like you know, I like what he's bringing to these yeah. movies, to those Bond Absolutely. movies. This movie went through many titles. It was originally called The Mask of Zorro 2. I mean, that works. A bit uninspired. But yeah, I, was, I was just about to say, you took the words right out of my mouth. And then the title was changed to Zorro Unmasked, which mm. had been the original script title by Ted Elliott and Terry Rossio. Mm. After their script was not used, the title went to Zorro 2, then to The Return of Zorro, before Sony Pictures finally settled on the title, The Legend of Zorro. Which sounds a lot better. I mean, come on, Mask of Zorro, then you follow it up with Zorro Unmasked. It's just, you know, or or worse yet, Mask of Zorro 2. (laughs) I kind of like like Zorro Unmasked. Mm, It works, uh, but I don't know, I guess Legend sounds better. Yeah, Legend does sound better. Better into it. You know, it wasn't until I'd done the rewatch that I found online there's an alternate ending. Oh, okay. And I've got this movie on DVD. I couldn't get it on Blu-ray. I've got The Mask of Zorro on Blu-ray. Are you privy to the alternate ending? I am. I read what it was. And and then then I watched it. Originally, this movie was going to be bookended. And it's Joaquin. He's older. And so the start of the movie is writing a letter. And then it fades and the movie starts, similar to how we actually get it. But then the end of the movie is him donning the mask, the hat, and he rides off into the sunset as the new Zorro. Uh. And you cut to Antonio Banderas and Catherine Zeta-Jones aged up slightly. Mm-hmm. You've got Banderas, he's got a goatee similar to Hopkins in Mask of Zorro. Oh, yeah. Only he's got a bit of grey in it. So that was going to be the idea, and the filmmakers liked that decision, but then they thought, hang on a minute, if we do this, 
it's as if we're setting up that the next movie would be Joaquin as Zorro. Yeah. And we might want to get Banderas and Zeta Jones back. No. So no. they scrapped that yeah. ending. And at one point in the movie, it's still in there. She refers to him as Son of Zorro. Oh, you could you imagine go. that being the title the of the third line. movie. Yeah, maybe. That would have set it up brilliantly. I wonder if that alternate ending is available to be watched on YouTube or anything like that. Oh, it is. Okay. But it's somebody's like filmed the screen, and that's oh, why yeah, I like got dodgy. the DVD out, and I just watched it okay. on the DVD. I'd be, inter- I'd be interested to see that, actually. It's hard to be seen, but it's worth seeing, but I'm glad they didn't do that. But yeah. anyway, that didn't happen. What did happen, we've got Antonio Banderas back as Zorro. He's brilliant. And, oh, so good. He's brilliant. So good. My first exposure to him as an actor was Desperado, and you know various other movies, but him as Zorro, he's, he's perfect. so good, he, so good. I couldn't think of another actor who could who could portray that role so so well. You just you believe it. You just buy the fact that he is Zorro. I mean, Hopkins does a pretty good job in the oh, opening yeah. of Mask of Zorro. Zorro. Didn't Zorro back in the day, like whether it was the comics or maybe an earlier adaptation, didn't he have like a pencil moustache or a thin moustache? You, yeah, like an Errol Flynn tash. Yeah, yeah, because that he was did missing. Used to have that. that was missing in this movie. Yeah, but again, Hopkins, when he was the original Zorro, keep in mind, Banderas in this continuity is the second Zorro. Ah. So the original Zorro, he did have the moustache, but then when Alexandro becomes Zorro, he doesn't have it. Yeah. So I guess that was like a clear gotcha. distinction. So it's, like, Even though, it's almost like the Phantom, the handing down yes, the torch. That's it. Gotcha. I was going to say it's a clear distinction, but then Hopkins and Banderas look nothing alike. So there's no yeah, confusion. Exactly. But Just, no, he nails it. Let's try again. He, he, he nails it. Uh, Banderas absolutely is Zorro. Absolutely. And just like with that first movie, he does most of his own stunts and you can see it. You can actually see that it's him and he adds so much to it. Mm. And Catherine Zeta-Jones, that first movie where she first meets Alexandro as Zorro, the scene in the barn, the sword fighting, so good. Mm. And they do something similar in this movie, but it's where Alexandro is drunk and he's dancing and uh, arguing yes. with Elena. So it's like calling back to their initial dance from yeah. Mask of Zorro. I their thought relation- that was pretty cool. Their relationship is so sexually charged. You can just see it. There's so much intensity and passion for each other and they, they're sort of in denial, but it's there. Well, that was it. I mean, she, we found out, as you said, that she was faking. Like She never fell yeah. out of love. She was trying to get close to... Count Armand, the, the played by Rufus Sewell. Oh, before we get on to him, actually, the whole thing started the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Alexandro, he takes his mask off, or yeah. his mask comes off, and then he's seen by those guys, and they're the ones that are blackmailing her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they doing know what they want. Those two cops are following her around. So she even says, like, if you just kept your mask on, we yeah. wouldn't be in this mess. Exactly. But okay, we digress. The, the big bad, Count Armand, Rufus Sewell. Yeah. This is a guy that I don't think I've ever seen him turn in a bad performance. I don't he's think I've solid. ever seen him in a movie ever. You've seen... Well, this is the thing, right? For the most part, he's always the bad guy. Mm. A Knight's Tale, Heath Ledger. Okay. He's the bad guy in that. Okay. You can just reel off. Pretty much every movie he's done, he's, he's the a bad guy. Yeah. Except for there's a movie called Dark City. And it came out... I think maybe not the same year, but just before The Matrix. I know of it. And Dark City is such a good movie. Aussie director. It is so good. Wasn't that filmed in and around Melbourne? I think it was, yeah. Yes. I know another one. 
it got overlooked. Everyone got mm. excited about the mm. Matrix, and yeah. I think if things had turned out differently, maybe that could have been we could have it could have been more of a star making vehicle for him, and he could have played more good guys. Yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, maybe he's happy playing the bad guy, but he's like the go-to some, bad guy. Some people were just happy being typecast as the bad guy. But that's that's him, and he he's solid. He mm. is so so good in this. It does I, turn in a solid performance. I mentioned Joaquin de la Vega. He's played by Adrian Alonso. Mm-hmm. Did not know English, so he learned all his lines phonetically. Wow. Just as Banderas did for the Mambo Kings back in 92. Which hit the little boy. He's the little boy. Yeah, He's yeah. son of Zorro. Yeah. And I think it just adds something to it because, I mean, Catherine Zeta-Jones, like, she's Welsh. Yeah, I didn't know that until Sarah <laughs> brought it up last night. I was like, yeah, I out of town. Well, you wouldn't think it's a look at her. My first exposure to her was Darling Buds of May. Yeah. An old English show, like she was yeah. in that. And then obviously... She's you know, stunning she in that movie, too. She looks beautiful. Oh, always. Yeah, always. Always. Yeah, then, yeah. now, But you wouldn't think, you wouldn't think she was Welsh to look at her. No, or, no. or to hear her. Like she's very good with, with accents. But I like the fact that playing the son of Zorro, like just the fact that he, he's not knowing English and he mm. just, he adds a quality to it. Well, there's a scene where he, Banderas requests that they speak in Spanish um, so that they can converse. Yes. That was pretty cool. They did the subtitles. Yeah, yeah, mm. I, I, like, I like the use of subtitles in this. Yeah. And then we get to the, obviously, secret society that they eventually stumble upon. Yeah. And uh, this, again, we, we've said it, say it again, mm-hmm. not that first movie. Um, it's not got the same pace as that first movie. Yeah. So you're right. They come across the society. They, you know, it's revealed what is really going on. You know, if A plot to blow stuff up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I told you we're talking spoilers. And you know what? We get the train sequence. Yeah. Which... Is pretty cool. I feel like you could just pick moments throughout. Like you couldn't, I couldn't say this movie is consistently good. Mm. It's fun for the most part, and I do enjoy it's a fun watch watching it. But you can kind of do what we've been doing, like just pick out good moments. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, I made the comment last night watching it. I was like, it's more fun than I thought it would be to watch. I mean, it ends with a big special effects yeah. spectacle. So again, talking about it having. Having good moments. And I was looking into how they actually pulled off that effect. I mean, you've said, you know, this is not a cheap movie. That yeah, they spent you can money tell on it. just by some of the demolitions and explosions in it. But that end sequence, the locomotive used on the train at the end was not actually capable of moving under its own power. The illusion of it pulling the train was created by alternatively using an out-of-vision diesel locomotive ah. to push or pull a blue screen set up next to the steam locomotive with passing scenery added later. There you go. Or an about one-eighth scale operable model of the train. Ah. So that's how so they pulled of, off. Slide of hand. It is, but I like that. You know, and again, 2005, mm. there would have been CGI. Of course there was. But I like the fact that they were leaning into doing things practically. Yeah, more so real whether, world. Whether it's Zorro on the horse, mm. he's got the whip, it's, you know, he's... Swashbuckling, there's a lot to a lot to like, and a lot of it comes down to the charm of the leads. Like they do Oh yeah, charm's the right word. Of, That's a perfect word. They do a lot of heavy lifting. Yeah. I mean the score, we've got James Horner back, he was the composer on that first movie. Nice. 
Now, the last film we talked about with, with him was The Amazing Spider-Man, oh, the Andrew go. Garfield movie, which yes. ended up being, I think, his last Hollywood movie before his passing. Mm. But back in 2005, he was busy. Legend of Zorro was one of three scores released that year. Wow. He had Flight Plan, the Jodie Foster movie, and oh, yeah. he also had The New World, the Pocahontas movie right, with right. Colin Fowle. There you go. That was a big year for him. Mm-hmm. Now, I've talked about the alternate ending already. Yep. So check it out on YouTube. That is out there. That's going to be on my things to-do list. There was a potential crossover sequel discussed. Okay. A comic book adaption of the Quentin Tarantino film Django Unchained was released by DC Comics in 2013. In 2015, a sequel crossover entitled Django Zorro was released by Dynamite Entertainment, written by Tarantino, Hmm. the latter being the first comic book sequel to a Tarantino film. That would be cool. In June 2019, Tarantino had picked Gerard Carmichael to co-write a film adaption based on the Django Zorro crossover comic book series. Tarantino and Jamie Foxx have both expressed interest in having Antonio Banderas reprise his role as Zorro from The Mask of Zorro. And of course, The Legend of Zorro. In the film, in addition to Foxx himself reprising his role as Django Django. Freeman. That That would be be so good, wouldn't it? Can you imagine? Honestly, after all these years, we get a second Django movie, and also that's how we get a third Zorro movie. movie. And it would be cool because Tarantino loves his westerns, spaghetti westerns. And Zorro is one of the biggest out there, as you said. Yeah, that would be cool to see. And I've got to be honest, I know of those comics. I've not seen them. Less so the the Django Unchained comic, but but the Django Zorro crossover. I'd be yeah, pretty yeah. interested yeah, in checking money that out. down and see that. His and name... if they if they never make it as a movie, in my mind, I'm going to read it as Fox and Banderas. Oh yeah. This movie, The Legend of Zorro. If you're going to rate it out of five. I'll come in with about maybe, I want to say about four. four I think four is fair. Um, I enjoyed it. It was a lot more fun than I thought it was going to be. I watched it late. I watched it last night, like probably about 10.30, and I ended up finishing about one in the morning or just after. And I thought, nah, I'll probably fall asleep during this, or I'll probably, you know, I'll probably like, you know, not enjoy it as much. But to my surprise, I was really in- engaged. I was really... I was really uh, immersed and I, I, I really liked it. I thought it was really good. It exceeded my expectations. The only thing that, that robs it of a five for me or, or a higher score than four is that you don't see much of Banderas as in the Zorro outfit, especially in the early going. Like after initial opening uh, where you see him in the Zorro outfit, you don't see him costumed up for about another maybe 20 minutes, 15 minutes. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. You don't see a lot of him in the costume in this movie, um, except to, toward the latter stages. But so there's a sizable chunk of the movie where he's not in costume. And it just, you're like, is this a movie about Zorro? Or is this a, more, a movie about his wife being an undercover cop? You know? <laughs> I was the second time you said that. I, I love that description. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, she's, yeah, she is undercover. Yeah. But I, I just like the fact you keep saying cop. Like, yeah, funny. yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, four for me. It was fun. I enjoyed it. And I, I think what I loved about it most was the um, the links to Batman. I mean, he's a masked crime fighter, a vigilante. He uh, he has a an Alfred-like um, uh, figure that helps him, like that monk, the monk who um, sort of helps him run his run his day-to-day business. 
Um, I think he runs his operation out of the back of a church. So that's kind of like how Batman runs his operation out of a Batcave, away from prying eyes. Um, he has a dual identity, like Bruce Wayne. Um, so, you know, he's, he's Zorro and he's Alejandro. Um, and he also has... Um, well, the other the other connection was, as we mentioned, the Bruce Wayne camp coming out of the cinema and this and this and the movie he saw before his parents were slain in the alleyway was Zorro. So there's so many connections to between Batman and Zorro, which I really really loved and appreciated. It's a good point. I didn't see the connection between like Pedro and Alfred being like a like an Alfred Pennyworth Bigger. type. Yeah, we should probably say so. Tony Amendola he played Padre Quintero in mm-hmm. this movie. But back in The Mask of Zorro, he played Don Luis. Mm. Could be a different character, but some people have long debated whether they're actually the same character. Yeah. I... So you've got an actor in two films. Two, two different roles. First movie, the sequel, said to be a different role. Yeah. But it could really be the same person. So I really was Who itching knows? to get at that. I'm glad I was able to squeeze that in before we finished podcast. I really wanted to mention the similarities, the parallels between Zorro and Batman. Um, the fourth wall break of obviously Bruce with the alleyway. Honestly, I wish I enjoyed this movie as much as you did. <laughs> mm. I, I've said at the top of the podcast, five out of five, Mask of Zorro. I remember watching that one at the cinema, loving it, picked up, maybe even got it on VHS. I can't remember if it was DVD. Yeah. In fact, you know what? I do remember now. I had it on VHS. There you the go. Mask of that Zorro. Old. Wow. And then... Later got it on DVD, now I've got it on Blu-ray. That just speaks volumes. I love that first movie. Mm. And this is a fun sequel. It's nowhere near that first movie. It's got fun bits and, you know, great cast. The chemistry is still there between Madeves and Zeta Jones. Yeah. I'm going to come in three out of five. Okay. It is It is a three. It is three. But it's, you know, if you if you've not seen it, You've only watched The Mask of Zorro. I recommend you watching it. It's a continuation. I think it's like nine years after the events of that film. Mm. It's worth watching, but it's not as good. Three out of five is fair, though. That's fair. It's not a crap score. No, I think that's fair. I always say three or above is a recommend, and I am recommending this movie. I certainly liked it a lot more than the percentage on Rotten Tomatoes. Who didn't, yeah. It was just just fun. And, I mean, Zorro is just such a likable character. He's just um, a pop cultural icon. Like I said at the start of the, 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 the podcast, the start of the show, he's just one of those characters that you are aware of and he's he's just fun. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He is, he is a fun character. And hopefully we get to see more of yeah. Zorro and Banderas actually does come back. Let's hope he returns. Let's hope they make it happen. That's it for our episode all about the legend of Zorro. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, You can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan, thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure, never a chore. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.